We Matt. Look, we see? We are live. We were live. Nubian Human in the Anacostia Art Center in historic Anacostia, Southeast Washington, D.C. And this is the Neighborish Livecast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Super Dave, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible. And Super. with me, as always, is D.C.'s native son, the SC3 representative. That's correct, Dave. He's uh he got on the bright uh, golden shirt today. Hey hey, living I call my life like sun. it's golden. Nigga. I call him sun because he shine like one. Oh, go ahead. Jay's son is in the building. Hey, <laughs> what's up, brother? All is well, man. That's good. That's good. It's always good, man. We had you know we we keeping this this legacy of great shows going. And we got uh, a legacy this week. already. Yeah, yeah, I think quick. so. A legacy, legacy of great shows, okay. you know. Because today we got a great guest coming through. She's in route right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm a talk about her when she get here uh, in a good way because she's not oh, here okay. yet. Uh, we're gonna wait for her to uh, come into the building, and then we're gonna, um, yeah, talk about her. Also, Fruit Fit is on the way, Fruit Fit. she's uh, coming in the building, coming in, and hot. uh, yeah, coming in hot as she usually does. Yeah. Um, and uh, but let's start with there's a few things going on in the city, in it's the country, day. in the world that it's we day. need to talk about. What's going on? And day? we're going to talk about, I was trying to stall a little bit to get through for the moment to get in here, Fruit but fit. I don't see her coming around the corner. Well, so we can, I can let's get into her. it. Yeah. Okay, let's get, in. let's, let's get into it. And, uh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. you for acknowledging the fact that I'm on time today. Um, first of all, uh, since it's just you and I here, I can get away with this. March is uh, Women's History Month. Yeah, and shout out to women. I yeah, love y'all. Look, yesterday was March 8th. Uh, it was International Women's Day. Yeah, and absolutely. Here at the Neighbors Livecast, we want to highlight a, a woman whose courage in the face of adversity has been an inspiration to everybody. Caitlyn Jenner. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, no. But I, what I do want to do is see, see, I try to throw that in there for any women got here. But shout out to Caitlyn Jenner. No hate to her. She, you know, she, she's. Um, Okay, but um, but I do want to highlight um, we've had a lot of awesome females who I believe are history makers on this show. I, I don't and know so if you're allowed to say female, Dave. We can't say female. I I, I don't know the rules anymore. Uh oh, what, what should I say? I don't know. Don't I'm just saying I ain't want us to get in trouble as a cast. As a, as a live cast, yeah, you know, to get in I, trouble. I, I understand. I, I appreciate. I that. don't know. Nikki Nikki's boy. I have a, I have a. Uh, uh, you were about to say a female. <laughs> I have a person with a vagina watching here. <laughs> there you go. What is the correct term, term I know, that we can use I, I for I, a woman? Can we say women? She said a woman. women. Don't okay. say females. Okay. Got See, you. I knew I, knew got I was you. right. I knew it was thank No, no, no. I got you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. Yeah. Uh, so we've had a lot of, uh, of pioneering, inspirational, and history-making women on this show. So I just wanted to shout out, starting with our very own, uh, who we were just talking about, Patrice Fruitfit Jones. Uh, she's a personal trainer and fitness guru, and uh, she's our uh, resident dose of feminine energy, and we appreciate Apparently her. Apparently, we need it because we already about to cut up. Right, right, right. <laughs> Getting into trouble and stuff, but uh, <laughs> she's uh, she at the door. Patrice so? is. Sorry. Oh, Let me go get her. rat. But uh, <laughs> and also, um, we've had, like I said, a plethora of great women on here. Hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of really uh, inspiring females. Shout out to Satoria, the singer, songwriter, and owner and operator of Key Elite Boutique. Shout out to Jay Mills, DN she's DMV hip hop royalty and an innovative pioneer in the DMV cannabis movement. Uh, Delania Boyd f uh, with B Balance Teas and Tonics and Prototype 1981, multi business owner. Um, shout out to uh, Cecily Habimana with the So Creative DC, Ashley Brown, the aspiring comedian, and Anika Hobbs, the owner of Nubian Human. Man, we have a lot of women. And 
speaking of women, uh, <laughs> this is uh, Women's History Month, and uh, yesterday was International Women's Day. And um, Fruit Fit. We have Fruit Fit in the building. Miss Patrice Jones has come through to join us, our, our resident fem feminine energy. And we Proof appreciate it. you so much. Uh, <laughs> and we just wanted to give you a little appreciation and love and, and uh, uh, good vibes for uh, sharing the scene with us every Monday when you oh come yeah. through and bring in your energy. Every and your, well, almost every Monday. <laughs> I knew you were going to clown your, uh, <laughs> Bringing your, uh, you know, your own personal dose of energy and, and, and light and intuition and all of that to this show. We appreciate you. It's International, uh, well, it's uh, Women's History Month, and like I said, yesterday was International Women's Day. And uh, so hold on, Dave. Hold What's on. Up? Shout out to uh, Tamika Love Jones. Tamika Love Jones. Yeah, shout out some dope women, man. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, so t I, I, I hit with Tamika Love Jones as a percussionist for the yeah, first time. Yeah, explain that. You hit with Tamika Love Jones. a little well, weird I mean, on women. musicians know what that means. <laughs> like, hit is like the time that you actually perform. Okay, okay. So, uh, it's my first opportunity to play as a percussionist in like a real band and a real show. So we, uh, Tamika Love Jones had a set at the Women's, no, the National Museum of Women in the Arts uh, for International Women's Day. And also on Friday night, I got an opportunity to see the, the beautifully talented and uh, supernatural being that known as Maimuna Youssef. Uh, at the yeah. Kennedy Center, so you know, I just had shout a whole out to move, move fresh. Yeah, so all of the sisters involved, especially in in the uh, SE3 tribe. So Maimuna Youssef, uh, Tamika Love Jones, Milani Douglas, VV um, Marley, um, you know, all of the uh, sisters that I work with, Goldie Patrick, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of the artistic sisters that uh, allow me to share my art. Um, and we exchange art and, you know, yeah, shout out to all y'all. Shout out to everybody, to yeah. all the females. Uh, uh, Patrice, you have any females you want to shout out? This is Women's Proof History it. Month and national, uh, yesterday was International Women's Day. Um, well, you know how I am. I think every day is, is you should celebrate yourself. I'm around um, dozens of amazing women all the time, the majority of my client base. Um, are women and I do everything I can to pour into them. It's a domino effect. Um, I pour into them. They go home and they pour into you know their their children, their their daughters, their husbands, their significant others. Um, women are, are doing a lot and they um they deserve to be celebrated. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Hold on, Dave. I ain't finished. Hold, okay, yeah. Go One ahead. Shout out. I got uh, I'm looking at a superhero uh, Asada Shakur for uh you know being an inspiration to me. Also, Fannie Lou Hamer, one of the most gangsterous people I've ever, you know. Gangsterous? Gangsterous. <laughs> Fannie Lou Hamer, they ain't wasn't playing no games out here in these streets, bro. And also, uh, shout out to Lauren Hill. I was displeased with your performance, but I love you. And I'm going to keep coming back and, and wasting my time and money oh my and God. energy, even though you can't do the songs <laughs> the way that you recorded them. Right. I still love and believe in you, and I think you were attacked. And singled out. Absolutely. And so, definitely. I'm still keep coming, yeah. Lauren. As, as terrible as your sets are. It's terrible, though. Yeah, they suck. That's cool. They suck ass. Oh, I'm having that same clipping. But uh, I'm going to come every time, Lauren, because I love you. Because we're going to break you out of whatever. <laughs> you think she's under some kind of. Well, no, she's contractually, she can't do her music the way. So, it's just, I just be hoping. I even DM'd her. I was like, look, because you know, I'm a percussionist. 
Right, like, look, right. man, if you ever link up and do a set with me, we doing them joints the way on the album yeah. that we just going <laughs> to fight whoever it is that come for you. I mean, well, that's a lot of. It's a reason she don't just do that because you know she's pretty gangster. So she is. The yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's it like, like, like some. It's like somebody. I don't know what's up with this. Uh, it's yeah, like it's somebody. Cool. Dave. Somebody, it's Dave's yeah, fault. Dave, yeah, nah, it's all right though. Dave don't like when I come in hot. He oh, well, me off. there you go. Um, <laughs> it's like somebody got to her in the industry because she's totally different now. She's still doing her thing, but she don't come with that passion. I know that she used right. to have. Yeah. And, you know, we all know she's one of those artists that, like, she should be on the forefront with the power that she has. But because right. of the industry, you know, it's, it's just. I agree. So totally if anybody different. knows Lauren, link her up with me so we can get her back. <laughs> I'm about that life. Jay is the one that can make it happen. <laughs> Indeed. In, in real time. Yeah. It sounds like it's just my mic, too. Check, I'm check. To, I'm going to change two. my cord. But, yeah. Um, Anyway, let's uh, keep it moving. Keep it moving, Dave. Yeah, definitely. So if you've been watching, you know, uh, the news or paying attention to social media for the last month or so, you probably heard the term coronavirus thousands, if not oh, millions of times at this point. But how much do you really know about the virus? I mean, you, we, I mean, we all know that, uh, mm. you know. I got a lot of shit on this, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go after I'm a, you. No, I'm going to go after Uh-oh. you. Uh-oh. They got plans. Nah. They making uh-uh. plans already. You, Proof it. Uh, uh, they make no, because you already know where I'm going to go. So. I, don't, I don't know yeah. where you're going to you go. You don't know? Go ahead and go so all we right. can see if, yeah, where you're yeah. going. So, well. Well, let me get a uh, description first real quick. Oh, oh you know, they got notes <laughs> and yeah, yeah, well, dumbass so text and shit. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, Let's what see I what you got, Dave. Just, uh, and now my phone is tripping. See, they don't know nobody want them damn notes. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> All you're going to do is read what everybody else hasn't been reading. Right. Yeah, yeah, and the, but that's what I want to do is make sure everybody knows. Go ahead, you know, Dave. Cause, read Because there's a lot of foolishness out there. It's a lot of uh, false news and things going around, so. I just wanted to do a brief rundown of some things that everyone should know about the coronavirus. First of all, what exactly is it? Well, um, I was surprised to find out that it's directly related to severe acute respiratory syndrome or SARS. Remember SARS a couple years ago? Yeah. They repackaged it, rebuilt it, and it's back better than ever. SARS, no, but, uh, Ebola, <laughs> yeah, like but, all um, the other joints, swine flu. <laughs> and it has some of the identical symptoms. So some of the symptoms um, that uh, come with uh, uh, coronavirus are uh, the most common ones are fever, dry cough, fatigue, uh, headache, and then a lot of the common flu symptoms like stuffy nose, sore throat, you know, uh, things like that. So um, what they're saying is um, basically to how to know when you should try to seek medical attention is uh, the CDC suggests that medical attention is necessary if you develop the symptoms and have been around someone known to have the disease or you... Um, know someone who has been to one of the places where um, the outbreak has occurred. And so that's more specifically like places like, um, you know, the China epicenter and stuff like that. So not like here where they're saying it's a couple of people with it, but um, it's not necessarily an outbreak. It's certain places like um, like the uh, the old folks home that had the, the, the mass outbreak and things like that. And I think that was in Seattle, Washington and a couple of places. But here it's pretty much, it's not as... Uh, detrimental, or at least that's what the CDC is saying. So the main question a lot of people want to know is how can you protect yourself and your family? Um, the virus has been found to be spread through human-to-human transmission. So the CDC and the World Health Organizations are saying the best prevent- preventative measures are to wash your hands frequently and avoid close contact with anyone um, who has a fever and a cough. And, and some of the basic stuff, like making sure you cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze, little things like that. You just sneezed uh, in here, Dave. I covered my mouth, too. Oh, okay. 
won't have yeah, the Yeah, I know the basic stuff. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> so that's something I wanted to talk, to talk about too. I was like, looking at you like the uh, like the this. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> look. Like, hold on, this nigga just sneezing. Oh no, no. Did you uh, did you watch Saturday Night Live? <laughs> nah. They did a thing about it. They were shooting the it was uh, they were shooting this like fake TV show, yeah. and so but the actors was trying to stay far away from each other, and then one lady <laughs> came on and she started saying her line, and then she sneezed, and everybody else was like, nope, and walked off the set. It was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um uh the the culture of I don't want to say ignorance but the lack of stuff that we know about you know diseases and stuff it is like ignorance. like the fact Uh-oh. that you know it is. um the, in New York the guy I who sprayed the then. um the guy who sprayed like the Febreze on the Asian guy on the train. <laughs> it's, I mean, oh it's, it's, yeah, he, he just walked up to him. And the guy was just minding his business. He Damn. just walked up to him and started spraying him with Febreze. First of all, Febreze isn't even that an anti, even, yeah. you know, uh, bacterial type thing. But just to be that ignorant, just to assume that somebody, just because they um, have Asian features, that person could have been from Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? And just to assume <laughs> that they have, you know, this Man, this situation. Fine. So that's so what were y'all, I'm going to um, work on the sound a little bit, but what were y'all... Uh, I'm gonna say about Jay. it. No, you go first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Hold on. So, but, it's wait, Women's International wait, Day. <laughs> Hold on, Jay. It's it's International <laughs> Women's. I mean, it's Women's History it's Month. Women's so history she month. should be able to pick if she go first or last, right? Oh, sh- you shut your gay ass up, baby. <laughs> I thought oh, you thought you about to be on my side. You gonna get us? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I already can't post stuff. They shut me down sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah, I got shut down. Gotta be careful. Well, no, um, no, it was actually nah, because I no, it was actually though. because <laughs> I um because I talked about too. supporting black men. Oh yeah, they you, shut you me can't down do on that. Instagram you can't for twenty four black men. What's wrong I know. With you? So one of y'all go. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna just scratch the surface and then I'm gonna reply to Jay because I'm interested <laughs> in what he has to say. Um, but first of all, I just really don't think this is a laughing matter. Oh, um, I should be laughing. I'm sorry. No, you laugh <clears> when you want. Don't do that. It shouldn't be a laughing matter. <laughs> no, I, laughing I just about. I just don't think it is. I think we are first number one, there is a lot of ignorance out here and people have developed a um it's almost like we're numb to like we don't read, uh, we don't do our own investigation. Um, yet if we hear they're about to be it's about to be two inches of snow, we run into the grocery store to get food that we don't need that makes us fat and sick. But you have um, you know, of course, we know like the, you know, there have been illnesses before and we can talk about, you know, the government and all that. But for right now, the information that we have, there are hundreds of thousands of people. People are being people on every country are infected with this thing. I've heard ignorant stuff like people comparing it to the flu. This thing they say they're saying wash your hands, but it's also airborne and it's all, it also lives 24 hours on the surface. So imagine if you go into a store and you leave and you go home and you got to go back to the store and get something. If somebody was there with the coronavirus, you can pick it up. I don't think we're we're paying attention. I don't think we're being conscious. I don't think we're moving consciously. Um, people are traveling like they just don't give a damn. And. I don't know. We're just we're just not paying attention, and we're taking it as a joke. And it's on, I think it's going to take somebody in one of our families to get sick for us to take it seriously. I'm gonna give it to Jay, but I can tell you right now, I'm not traveling nowhere. I can I go to two places, actually, actually, yeah, two places. You came here. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. know why I came, came in? Because you know why? It's hot. three of us. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
Uh, <laughs> that's it. It's three of us. That's they, it. They were sneezing. I don't though. go. I don't go to no <laughs> nail salons, no grocery stores, no they restaurants. I cook at it. home. Like I don't do any of that. I think we're not taking precautions. Large crowds, planes, ships, people on a, thousands of people on a boat. Like why can't we dock? What do you mean? Why can't you dock? Why can't you dock? Like I don't know. Common sense is just gone to miss. But I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and chime in, and he's going to take us to another level, and really? then I'm going to reply. Yeah, I'm going to reply to what you say, because I want you to go deep, and then I'm... How you I figure just, I'm going to go I deep? I know you're going to go deep. All mm-hmm. right, I'm waiting. Fine. Go ahead. Well, I mean, so every, I guess, five years, there's a new, you know, virus outbreak. So Ebola, SARS, Corona... Swine flu, like I guess it's, it's like every five year interval, and um, you know, from my primitive understanding, there's a there's a level of population control. So there've oh, been plagues since there've been human beings, mm-hmm. and uh, once human beings were uh, governed and uh, controlled, you know, plagues became a part of political population control, and so they typically kill off those with weak immune systems in the old so that you can uh, count numbers and, you know, and mm-hmm. make decisions based on nations, on how, you, how your economy and how your, your nation moves forward. And, you, you know, you got to get rid of the dead weight, per se. And so those with weak immune systems and, um, you know, the elderly are, are targeted, you know, m- much in the, the, the well-documented um, plans of, of people like Bill Gates, who, mm-hmm. who, who strategically want to, you invested know, 10 billion in 2016 yeah, to wow. you know, you, so it's, it's part of a plan and all of these viruses that i just named have been patented in the 80s and 90s that's what i thought was crazy they yeah, said it, it has a patent yeah and all of them have everyone that has come out ha- has that's a crazy. patent and uh, so they've already and the the the, the uh the cure has a patent. Is it the too. same strand? Yeah. Because it's more than one strand. Is it the same strand that's got that got patented? I don't know. In it? So it's like I, d- <laughs> I don't feel a way. Like I think people who are nervous should be nervous, and people who aren't should not be. I think you know what I'm saying. It's like right. I don't think. But can I um can I chime in? Yeah. So get some chimes in. <laughs> yeah, chime so all you want. one thing we have to people have to know how to move, and this talks this speaks to our level of consciousness. There's a huge difference between being prepared and moving in fear. Mm-hmm. Those are t- fear is an emotion. Being prepared is it's okay. Yeah. It, being prepared means you, you're going to go into anything prepared. That's like not practicing for a basketball game and going to the game and thinking that your team is going to win. Even if you know that you might not win, you're still going to be prepared, right? Like that might not have made sense. Y'all know I don't watch sports like that, but <laughs> but you go Good into everything prepared. Analogy. So I if it. I if I know that there is even a slight possibility that me or my son or my family or the person I love can get sick in a large crowd or traveling, then I'm just go, I'm going to use caution. Uh, maybe I don't want to go to Italy right now. Maybe I don't want to go to China Italy's right now. Maybe I right Post, 16 million like, people and people are like crazy. this thing is a joke if you pull up the map right now there are cases in every single country yeah. even if we know about population control we know about we know about how shady the government is come on let's just be real i mean well i'll we, tell you this too i have another theory which is way left um okay ahead, you know being as though the cure is already patented too um where's the cure who has it the same people who, who patented the virus what's the company I don't know the company. 
It doesn't even matter. Like it, it matters to me. I want to look it up and read. Okay, well, I <laughs> I like said, I'm read. trying to learn information about. Okay. It. Well, uh, <laughs> with that being said, I I would take a wild guess that the quote unquote cure for this virus will be implemented as a chip in your hand. Oh wow! <laughs> Let's see crazy. how this pans out. So you know you you got to you got to give crazy. a sense of urgency where everybody will kind of like volunteer wanna themselves do it. Yeah, to yeah. want to be injected with the cure to a quote-unquote deadly virus that's spreading throughout the world that's historically and, you know, accurate at the too. same time yeah. you know if 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 i was a world leader if i was an evil world leader and <laughs> I, I saw that there was a mass awakening all throughout all continents mm. about poor and oppressed people galvanizing mm. their resources mm-hmm. and um you know, sharing information via the web and social media that is giving enlightenment and empowering, especially black women, uh, which is the physical manifestation of God on earth. Um, mm-hmm. If I was a world leader and I saw this happening under my eyes, I would be sh- I would be struggling to find ways okay. that I can regain control yeah. of an awakening mass of people who I need to keep enslaved. So right. one of the ways that has worked in the past um, you know, and, and like I said, these plagues and viruses go back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so, you know, uh, I, if I was that evil world leader, I'd be like, oh, I'll do a new one. Then I can kill off the ones with the weak immune systems and elderly. Then I could just focus on the strong ones that are the biggest threat to, to my, you know, superiority or, or, or you know, uh, I guess. Dominant. Appeared superiority. Right. And then, you know, I could implement what I've been trying to implement, you know, and I can, I can experiment with martial law, i.e. Italy, I, you know, with curfews. I can experiment with people, you know, staying in a confined area that I want them to stay into so they can't travel and communicate with each other. And then I would also offer the cure at the time of highest um, fear or anxiety in the form that I can control them <laughs> Uh, in a superior way, where I could control all of their thoughts and actions and movements in the form of a cure to a virus that was created. And that's all I got. What's up, Eddie B? Shout out to Eddie B. Yeah, man. That's. I mean, I. I you know, I can't say I didn't think about it in that. Um, in that light, but uh, to to the um, to the level that you went to with it, I don't know if I was really thinking about was that, it. Was that, uh, that deep? That yeah, is, I mean, you did. No, that, so, you know, I was waiting. So, every, I mean, you know, I can't say I agree with everything that you said, but I definitely, I knew you were going in that direction. Well, and I think that, no, 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 no it it's, o- it's okay for me to disagree a little bit. Okay. It's okay. I, I want you on my side, though. <laughs> <laughs> she is on your side right now. She's okay. sitting to the left. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. But, so, all, like I said, we all know that there, unless you're, you've been living under a rock and you just don't read at all, there is, there are so many theories and so many, so much proof and maybe lack thereof of different type types of population control, um, you know, big pharma, big business, and all of that. Yes, you should know about that, and if you don't know about it, you definitely don't know about it. You should definitely be reading up on it. But the other part is, like I said. We have to be mindful and move consciously. People walk around like zombies, and we don't read, and we're not mindful. Somebody could walk past somebody. Now, this say the common cold. You could be walking by somebody. Most people walk like this, looking down at their phone. People mm-hmm. coughing eh, all around yeah, them. Yeah. You know, we, we just don't move consciously. And that's why all of these things, all of those things that you spoke of, are even 
able to be implemented because right. yeah. we are programmed zombies and 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 we don't even realize it like the the biggest way you can you know i guess uh you know kind of like a game a person i want to play games with you is when you if you're not conscious if you're not paying yeah. attention yeah. anything could happen around you and that's what's happening I got right now too. yeah you ready for it yeah see if it's deep all right see all if right. it's deep <laughs> <laughs> so another theory too i th- <laughs> that you know, just my mind, as y'all see, my mind be all over the place when when it comes yeah. to, to situations such as this. But I think also uh, also another uh, possible connection with all of this is these five G antennas that are going mm. up all over the world, and how uh, how uh, problematic those five G waves are to the human body. And I don't know if you guys know or not, but the most five uh, G towers are in China. I think they have 100,000 mm-hmm. 5G Sheesh. towers. And, uh, I, didn't and know I don't think either. anyone has a, has studied, well, you know, on a, a, a local level, the right. effects of these 5G towers on the human body. Mm-hmm. But from what I've understood, a lot of the uh, symptoms of being affected by these towers are cold-like, flu-like wow. symptoms, fever, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the same stuff that's being talked about. So again, I'm not saying but I know yeah, everybody anything. will buy them. That and that's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, like, so it's like I just yeah. I just take the time to study things. I don't have a position or an opinion. I don't be like, oh, y'all should think this or this is what's happening. I don't know. This is just my my you know my two cents to throw into the to the pot. The producer left us. Yeah, it's okay. We, we, we don't need it. I um, think we our, our other guest is here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she's the. Uh, I forgot he got to do the intro, but she's like the uh, a cannabis lady. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I did see that. Uh, but something she's like the director of something. I wait till, uh, yeah, I wait till he can. You know, he has a, a written description probably with notes. Yeah, but this whole um, wash your hands thing. Yeah, I, I just I mean, just wash, wash your hands, hands anyway. Just wash like your I, hands. I got kids. Like we wash our hands no, all the time. Saying, like just wash it. Why? Oh, uh, they lock out. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. No, you. I got um, it. Why am I saying hold on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So our guests um, just arrived, and so we're gonna. So I'm so I'm taking over the show. This is the Fruit Fit Show. If you guys want to get fit, come see Fruit Fit in District Heights, Maryland. Good morning, sis. How are you? No, not yet. No. Fruit Fit slipping, y'all. I'm not touching no spare weights. <laughs> I do a home workout. Oh. Okay. Oh, you on the edge? Stop. <laughs> Okay, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> you got an intro day. I keep telling them clocks don't exist. Written down. We don't. We don't work by clocks. We work by greatness. Do I have the what? The Adinkra Bowl? Oh, so Eddie B, we we've given the name that oh, you gave the, the Adinkra Bowl. That's officially oh. the Adinkra Bowl now. So I got it. Um, So while they're uh, uh, unconventionally <laughs> staring at their phones right now, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I'm gonna. Um, our guest is here. We're so happy to have uh, this you. young lady, and I have an intro for you. Hold on, let me. Uh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't Hold ready. up, real quick, real quick. Go ahead. They Eddie B was like, some 5G pundits contend that the new network generates radio frequency radiation that can change DNA wow, and lead good. to cancer, cause oxidative damage that can cause premature aging, disrupt cell metabolism, and potentially lead to other diseases through the... 
Eddie B, you must have uh, copy and pasted this shit. This don't even <laughs> sound like you talking. Get off like, Wikipedia. Get out of here, Eddie B. <laughs> get off Wikipedia. This is good but information, nigga, but I do not believe. <laughs> it's real stuff, though. Yeah, it is real. But but we appreciate you, Eddie yeah. B. I was Come just joking, it, Eddie B. I heard us. you. Don't make fun of me. Uh, another time. But let's uh, get to our guest hey. here. Our guest today was dubbed DC's Cannabis Queen by the Washington Post. Ooh. Uh, that was an interesting article, too. We got to talk about that a little bit, a day in your life. Um, but she is the mind, heart, soul, and driving force behind the National Cannabis Festival, a yearly one-day event. Uh, with a focus on music, advocacy, education, and activism related to cannabis in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Caroline Phillips is with us right now. How hey. are you? It's so good to see you. It is so good to see you. Caroline. Yeah, good to uh, have you here with us. This is... Um, uh, Women's History Month, and yesterday was International Women's Day. Hey. So uh, you're a pretty awesome woman. So it's good to well, have you here you. with us. And you uh, and I go way, way, yeah, way, yeah, way yeah. Back. And we're going to talk about because uh, when you uh, decided to start, when you the idea first came to you about the um, the the festival, I got a phone call from you, and we talked about some stuff, and we met, and uh, it was an interesting time. I was thinking originally, I was thinking this is a huge undertaking i hope everything goes but just talking to you and seeing like the drive and the focus and hearing about all the stuff that you did i was like she, she's gonna pull this off and you did in an amazing way so i'm excited to talk to you about all of that we're going through some of our news topics first though some of the things that are going on in the in the city we just uh got finished talking about the corona oh, did we wrap up the coronavirus conversation Do you guys have anything else on uh coronavirus he was talking about the correlation between coronavirus and 5g Towers. It's a little um, hey, yeah. conspiracy theorist. <laughs> My man Damo was like, oh, she high right now. <laughs> a little bit. Well, I am Damo. You're high right now, Jay. I know I you am. are. But he didn't say me. He already knows me. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to stay on brand. Right, okay, exactly. Yeah. That's, it's very important. It's, it's not important. just, you know, it's not for personal pleasure. It's branding. Yeah, it's a right. It has to be done. Thank you. Yeah. I need some notes that I can tell people. Right. right. Yeah, it's, I'm, br I'm branding. Demo, it's, it's a, a lifestyle. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Anytime. All right. <laughs> so um, to wrap up the uh, the uh, the coronavirus conversation, I wanted to talk a little bit and get you guys' opinion. You know, I had I had alluded to. Oh, he uh, said some you guys. Uh, all of your opinions. <laughs> yes, you too, Jay. Um, I'm just trying to get you caught up, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you talking about the pronouns? Yeah, thing? I, we, I already we got caught up. But I just I just I like just cruised right thing. over. Get yeah, you people. I want to get you people. But see, that sounds. Oh <laughs> man, what are you <laughs> saying, right. Dave? You, <laughs> all, oh, I want to get all of your opinion on. Uh, there you go. So you know, I had alluded to some of the um, the things that were happening in different places, <laughs> like specifically uh, the uh, the issue on the subway with the guy who sprayed the guy with Febreze in New York. Um, and just um, just because I, I worry about that here, just because of the culture in D.C. and how people are, like I worry about people like riding public transportation and things like that. Somebody might call for sneeze, and I worry about them maybe, you know, being attacked by someone. Or because I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot of ignorance, you know, everywhere. And so um, I'm just uh, that that scenario. I unfortunately can see. I hope it doesn't, but I can see playing out. You know, what do you guys think? No. <laughs> Am I too hypersensitive? It's it's her it's uh, Caroline's time to talk. We've we've already gave well, uh, given I mean, our spiels. Your, uh, I was asking you know everybody, but yeah, you can. I mean, I'm concerned too. I was on social media the other day, and I saw a woman who I think is like pretty sensible say how she'd been warning her kids about eating at Chinese food restaurants. Yeah, and, that's and I'm just not like, come <laughs> on, people, that's not. Mm, that's how do you not feel about that fruit fit? Virus. Yeah, I'm not. I, 
I think um, I'm gonna let her finish. No, no, that was it. I'm like, that's not <laughs> how you get coronavirus. Because I know you're not going to fast. No, I, so I have not gone to get anything at a public restaurant. But it's more about just being out in the public, not singling out no, Asian not, people. It's even, no, it's not even about Chinese restaurants. It's about eating out, period. Yeah. Like, everything you should you should be home, and that's our problem. We don't cook. Like, right. You should be home cooking your food for your family. So for me, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I can't do two things in life. Right, you try to so, hold the phone down. So for, so, me, down. so for me, and I'll speak, speak about this from a health, healthy living perspective and fitness perspective. If you love someone, if you love your family and you want to keep them safe, you're going to like cook for them and make sure that they're healthy and that you're pouring into them anyway every single day. And so just the mere fact that we have a deadly virus out here, no matter how deadly it is, even if it's just a little teeny bit deadly, I want to make sure that my family is safe. So I'm, I'm not going to send them out to get anything from, from, from any restaurant. Um, my son is 14, and he made reference to the fact that sugar, um, you know, viruses attach them, like they love sugar. So we went to CVS, and I was like, Jay, do you want to get um, a snack? And he's like, no, Mom, we need to prepare for this virus. We're just going to get some water. Like just being cautious. That's it. Being cautious, and that's that's what we should be doing every day. But we're not doing that. So yeah, little things like washing your, you know, making sure that you wash your hands frequently. Who was not washing their hands as before? A, you would be surprised, bro. Nervous, like yo. Yeah, no, you would here, be surprised. Bro. There's a lot of people, and and like I said, the basic stuff like covering your mouth, you know, using that basic cough and sneeze etiquette when you, uh, you know, things like that to make sure that you're safe. I wanted to. Um, so I'll just switch gears a little bit uh, before we go to the next story, a little small brief switch thing. Switch gears, Dave. Uh, my, um, uh, my idol and um, someone that I look Judge up to Judy? and cherish a whole lot is uh, Jay Nowhere I'm going. Judge <laughs> Judy, is her her, uh, her tenure is coming to a, kind of coming to an end. She, yeah, man. Her and CBS are splitting, uh, parting ways. And so the Judge Judy show, as it's the incarnation that it is right now will be ending next year in 2021. So it's strictly Pornhub for you now, Dave. <laughs> See, One of your uh, outlets is we gone. Are, we are, it's a, there's a parental advisory. <laughs> say, anyway, Dave but, um, does. Well, no, I, I it, don't. it has nothing to do with, I don't know why he says that. I just, oh, you I know, because you agreed when I said it. You said she was fat. She is. Well, anyway, I like the show because it's a, it's an interesting uh, look into the criminal justice system and things of that nature. <laughs> I'm I don't. Uh, man, Damo <laughs> said white people don't wash their hands. <laughs> anyway, but no, Damo, you on a roll today, brother? Yeah. Wait, didn't <laughs> Judge Judy like have a not so amicable parting of ways with the network? Isn't she? Yeah, how'd that happen? Yeah, Dave? yeah, she was. Uh, um, so basically, I saw she was very um, uh, political and uh, and cordial in how she explained it, though. She just said that. Um, they had a long and prosperous relationship, and um, they came to a point where they decided that, I think she said it's uh, in 2001 when they end, it'll be 25 years. 2001? Like, yeah, I mean, in, sorry, 2021. You know okay. what I meant. In 2021 when they end, it'll be 25 years. She said they basically have 25 years of reruns that they can show, and so they decided they didn't really need her anymore. But she said she wasn't done, so she's moving on. She didn't say what network she was going to, but oh, she you did still say got hope, that Dave. there'll be a new show. Uh, I think it's like Judy Justice or something like that. And she has it set where as soon as the old show ends, the new show 
uh, will start. And so I'll be looking forward. Dave, it's one of my favorite shows. Have like, you ever like, DM Judge Judy? I have never. <laughs> it's not like that, For man. Right, okay, I, all right. Because when I originally said it, I said I have an um, unhealthy obsession with Judge Judy. But I meant like the show. I didn't mean mm-hmm. like I was trying to get nah, with Judge bro. Judy. And anyway, she's married. She is married. Oh, she I married? wouldn't disrespect her okay. like that. I didn't, I didn't know that, Dave. I appreciate the Sorry, Judge Judy. Of, of marriage. It's very important. So um, moving from that to a, a, a D.C. institution, uh, Horace and Dickey's, uh, the original location on uh, what's that 8th Street mm-hmm. uh, is, is has closed. Actually, they um, closed on March 1st and um, the owner alluded to gentrification as one of the main reasons um, for them having to close their doors. And, uh, and I thought that was interesting. I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, that story has been around and people have seen it, but I wanted to talk a little bit about g- the gentrification process because a lot of people like, you know, we said about coronavirus, you hear that word a lot, but a lot of people don't really know, you know, actually what it is. They just say, you know, oh, man, I, I got a ticket today. Man, gent- that day on gentrification, man. <laughs> uh, somebody ate yep. the last of my Fruit Loops. That gentrification is getting me mad. You yep. know, but so I want to make sure everybody knows. So gentrification is defined as a process of changing the characteristic of a neighborhood through an influx of more affluent residents and businesses. Uh, this is commonly and controversially a topic in politics and urban planning. Gentrification often increases the economic value of a neighborhood, but the resulting demographic change is frequently, uh, it, it frequently causes controversy. And so um, just thinking about looking at gentrification as a whole, a lot of, um, I think the focus is skewed. And, and Jay, I know you kind of uh, have a specific uh, uh, idea of what it is and how it affects neighborhoods and things like that. But I was looking at um, how a lot of people blame the people coming in, like the actual, you know, gentrification, what gentrifiers mm-hmm. is the word that they gave them and um they're not necessarily as to blame as the people who do the city planning and the you know um the companies behind uh the the moving the different people out and things of that nature right it's not so much the people because they're just coming looking for opportunity and looking for a new place to to call home right yeah I thought you would have a little more than just yeah. Oh, but okay. there, was, there was a question for me. I didn't know. I yeah, thought you I was, were just I was, speaking. I was, I was just agreeing with your with your thought. When I was setting this up, I was like, I'm giving Jay an alley oop. He about to oh, go okay, in and okay. go ham. Let and me and let me get the rebound. He was like, let me get the rebound and go back up. I got the rebound. I'm going back up. <laughs> and he was just like, yep. Here we go. So here's here's my here's my second attempt. Uh, well, you know, with gentry, I, well, you know, I think it's war. Okay. Point blank, and uh, you know, there's there's territories or or, or uh, regions of of the country that have plans by a certain demographic of people and you know there are existing residents in those specific areas that have to be removed i mean that's been the case you know since um europeans came to this country like they see lands they like their people already there so they got to get rid of those people and um other than the 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 uh i guess the outright brutality and murder and incarceration of our people, there are other uh, levels to do it too through uh, city planning and what is it, urban renewal and redlining and um, you know different strategic plans that look more politically correct than just murdering us. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's just stuff that they see that they want, they being the, the government of the United States and the, the bankers and, and institutions that back these governments and they have ideas and plans of how they see the, the country should be run and what, what fits 
and their guidelines of what should be done and how it should be done, you know, without the regards of the indigenous people of the land. And that's been the case. That's not even my opinion. That's just kind of been the case since, you know, uh, uh, quote unquote, American history has started. It's, it's the same exact process. It's just modern now. You know, we got phones and Jordans, but it's the same exact thing as John Smith and Christopher Columbus and uh, Andrew Jackson. Like, they all have done the same thing. You could have called the gentrification in, but that just wasn't the term at the time. The term at the time was murder. I'd like to add, um, so we all know that, you know, at the, at the surface of, and even to some layers of depth, um, race is relative. Um, and in some cases, the absolute reason why things are done. But it also, we have to think about economics. The best way to literally like redevelop an entire area, you know, you raise the taxes. If, if, if you have a certain, you know, people around over here in a tax bracket or the property value is such and such, you're gonna raise the taxes or do whatever you have to do to shift and make the area what you want it to be. If you're gonna move in a big business or you're gonna move in a certain business or you're gonna move in, you know, the military or you're gonna move in. So, you know, my son asked me a question years ago, and I, it stays in my mind all the time. He said, Mom, how did we get the lines on the map? Hmm. Like, how were they drawn? And I told him with a pencil. And when I said that, I meant, you know, a, a bunch of people sit in a room. You know, we've had, they had many, many, many meetings and conventions, but they wrote with the stroke of a pen, okay, in this area, the north, this area, the south, in this country, we're going to do this, this country, we're going to do that, in addition to natural disasters, um, that's how things were created and, and, you know, demographics were created. And so if you want to shift those demographics that you created or that you shift the, the planet geographically, you must first start with the financial system and how we, um, you know, how we spend our money, where we spend our money, where certain groups spend their money. So we also have to look at the green uh, in lieu of the black and white. Mm. Yeah, that's that's deep. That's something that um, working in in corporate uh, on the corporate side of America kind of taught me when I was uh, cause I started out working for Safeway, and I always talk about that time. I, I worked there for about seven years, and um, just being at working at uh, doing direct sales and um, retail at that level. Like if you work in like a um, in a clothing store, or electronic store, there's only a certain amount of people who can afford certain things. But food, I always say. Is um is one of those things that everybody from the poorest to the richest person has to eat. So they come. So you see a lot. So I learned a lot. And um for a couple of years I worked on the corporate side, and it taught me a lot about the difference between what we see and what we believe and what actually is. Um, to your point, that um, a lot of times when things would happen in the store, I worked at the Safeway on Georgia and Piney Branch, um, up uptown, um, across from where Walter Reed used to be. And um, there's a certain demographic of people there, and so a lot of times when things weren't uh, didn't run as smoothly or things weren't as as good as maybe um, some stores on the other side of town, a lot of people would uh, kind of put it on race. But uh, working on the corporate side, you get to see like the um, 
the mechanisms behind the machine and you get to understand that the only color they care about is green period like it's all about the money coming in so uh that's the bottom line so to your point mm -hmm. that's exactly what i don't believe that day mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's definitely 100 percent that and then anything that i well, thought that's, it was that's your opinion then, don't just dismiss my opinion well no i'm not saying that it's, it's like not just, we can't agree to disagree because i don't yeah no i mean i definitely uh, i mean you like know agree completely to wrong jay like, well no i didn't really? say you're wrong but it's definitely um well 100 leaves I no room for any percents <laughs> well, no, nah, I mean, I only speak on things that I've seen, uh, like, with my own eyes. I don't try to, you know, if I don't know anything about it, I'm not going to. But to see, like, decisions being made based on, you know, um, yeah, just money. Just It's all about the money coming in. And the things that uh, a lot of people saw that didn't change was because even though these issues were happening, these negative things were happening, the people were still spending money there. And that's all that really matters. So, yeah, the, the money is really, it, it's all about the money. 99%, Dave. Leave me 1%, please. Okay, 94.2. Thank you. Give me some more. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to exclude you, but just, Thank you, you know, because I, I do agree with your, you know, uh, sentiment of it also. But I think it's more of a balance. But the money is a huge um, uh, de determining factor in a, in almost every decision, and you know, yeah. obviously, so because that's what people are after for so, some reason. So, so to add, race adds emotion, right? Money is money. Money, no matter you have a different type of currency everywhere you go. If you take yeah. a twenty dollar bill from here to somewhere else that doesn't use our currency, it means absolutely nothing. That's right? exactly. So if yeah. you go somewhere else and your money isn't, you know. Race is race as that element of emotion. It's a deep, deep, deep emotion because everything that's attached to it. But at the end of the day, the main, the forefront color in this country is green. Yeah, everything yeah. else, if we detached ourselves from so much emotion that's connected to things that we feel like we think or our opinion, I, I just think we would be moving in a in a in a much better direction as a as a people. You know, we're so strong and we don't. What is it about D.C., though? So the post this past week, there was that article that said D.C. has the highest rate of gentrification of anywhere in the nation, mm -hmm. which is kind yeah. of like a funny thing to think about because we're also a nine-mile-by-nine-mile-square-foot exactly. city. Mm -hmm. And so it means that we feel everything a lot stronger in this city. Exactly. And, and it's politics. Thing, well, right. I mean, it's all happening in such a small space. But another thing about D.C. is we have one of the highest rates of, like, educated population here. And it's right. interesting. Right. Miseducated. Right. But, <laughs> and then this is also one of the most entirely Democrat cities that you can find. So it's just interesting that you find this concentration of higher education, supposed liberals, in a city that's doing the most on gentrification. It's yeah. just like an yeah. interesting set of things because you have all of these people walking around claiming to be so woke mm -hmm. yeah. who aren't yeah. woke That's my 5.8%, Caroline, that I right. was asking Dave to allow me <laughs> to be like, yo, it's not quite all about money, brother, yeah. when, it comes yeah. to, when it comes to governing nations and uh, uh, human populations. Like, yeah, money, I give you your, what is it, 94.2? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. my 5.8 is relevant, and I think... 5.8 with a bullet, huh? This you know what I'm saying? I think... Uh, is it Carolyn or Caroline? Caroline. Caroline is is kind of right. unwillingly speaking to my point that oh there's some other unwillingly there's, yeah, some, there's well I mean I, I'm not I'm not saying that she she's in alignment with what I'm saying but the points that she's raising are some of the points that I would raise in my defense to my 5.8 percent of it's not all about money 
Well, it's human selfishness, too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. ultimately, as woke as a lot of people claim to be, they are still going to grab that deal on that row house in that neighborhood, you know, yeah. just so they can have the extra square footage. And it doesn't matter that they know that they're on the front lines of changing the face of a whole neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know if they necessarily think about it, you know, that deeply. I think th- once they're in it, then they kind of like, oh, I. I'm part of this, but you know, it's like you said, they're more looking at the extra square footage, right? right. So, so, uh, but so, green is uh is the uh, is the underlying color behind a lot of the decisions, and green is also color of cannabis. So let's talk. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's called a segue, yeah, Jay. You see what I did there? <laughs> Boom. <That was> perfect. <laughs> so I want to talk to our guest today, uh, Caroline Phillips. Thank you so much for coming and hanging with us. Like you said, uh, we've known each other for a long time, and uh, I'm just I'm glad to have you here to talk about the Cannabis Festival and your life and some of your um, the, your deep personal secrets that you don't know. I'm just kidding. All no, of no, the deep personal secrets. <laughs> oh, it's, it's some beef happening already, Dave. Some beef happening on your... Eddie, Eddie Bryant says, Jay Mills is the queen of cannabis. Jay oh. Mills is fantastic. Yeah, she definitely... A great talent and the first woman of color to manage a cultivation center exactly. in D.C. There exactly. you go, Eddie B. We Caroline, real recognized, to real. We are her in our cypher, the National Cannabis exactly. Festival cypher I was that ask she's you about hosting. That. We're oh, also fine. really excited to feature her at our Story Slam on April 1st. It's going to hey, be hey. awesome. And I want to be clear. There you go, Eddie The B. Washington Post, the, the, that author from the Washington Post, or that, um, that writer from the Washington Post said that. That's why I said they dubbed her that. But, you know, that's, uh, you yeah, know, that's something that's up that for debate. So she didn't, you know, she she didn't, didn't that's not it. self-proclaimed. Eddie right, B. yeah, yeah. And, and But she, I mean, she's in the running. You know, she's done a lot for the cannabis uh, industry. In in DC, and I think uh, DC has a lot of cannabis queens. Like I think yeah, yeah, more so than other cities, there are a lot exactly. of women of color doing great things in cannabis right now. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And, and you're one of them. So shout out to you. Shout out to Jay Mills too. Uh, uh, Eddie B, we appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Eddie B, try and start shit. Yeah, he's on. <laughs> Come on down here and say it to my face. No. <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question. Was sure. Was your um event? One of your events at the stadium, the RFK stadium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's your event with Red event. Man and Meth. So, yeah, so uh, so y'all ruining all my questions. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go so ahead. funny story. I don't care about so you, Dave. I, don't, I know. I don't <laughs> smoke, partake, or whatever. <gasps> I don't. I'm not. I'm not frowning on it. Frowning on it. But I'm, I want to tell you, I actually worked that event. A friend really? of mine. Um, I don't know if you know Corey Bram of Sugar Run Bar. He did. He does the the drinks and stuff there, like all of the. She just worries about the smoke, them. not the and drinks. I, and I <laughs> went to go <laughs> so work. Cool. Yeah, and I worked the bar, and I had never heard of the event. And when I got there, so he's like, "Come work." You know, this is a. And I got there. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like it was like Huge. thousands of people and the vendors." And I'm like, "How can I be a vendor?" So I would love. I know he's gonna. Segue and y'all that. can talk. You can but get to. I know. I'm trying to, to. I know. I got people. I got people great. like get her info for me. Uh, <laughs> get Caroline's <laughs> info for me. All right, Damo, hold on. I got yeah, you. Give us a, let, let Dave's going to handle all of the info to, for everybody. He's trying to work here. Can you guys <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Absolutely. Goodness. Anyway, but um, yeah, welcome to uh, the neighbors' live cast. She's like, what the hell have I come to? Right. Yeah. It's a lot of foolishness. It's not as structured as like the Morning Joe or one of those shows or the Young. Turks, which you were on, right? 
I was. I mean, I'm not essentially that you know, that structured. I did show up 15 minutes late. Oh, you're good. No, no it's been problem. a hard morning. Yeah. You made an entrance is what you did. I did. So we appreciate yeah. that. But, um, Less than I'm, 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 I'm obligated <laughs> to talk about you if you come late. But I don't know you quite that well. <laughs> <laughs> so I might like after about ten more minutes, I might you know figure out stuff about okay. the tardiness. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's our uh, <laughs> uh, he's called our truant officer, so he makes sure that we're on time. Yep. Anyway, um, so how did the uh, the idea for the festival start? Like, how did it come to you initially? Okay, so when I was not hanging out with you and Javier over at Listen Vision yeah, way, way that. back oh when, my goodness. Um, I had a regular desk job and I worked for a human rights organization. And I mm-hmm. also, when I wasn't at my regular desk job, came home and enjoyed cannabis every night and on the weekends. Um, around the time that the medical cannabis dispensary started showing up in D.C., mm-hmm. um, we also started hearing about Initiative 71 in our city. Right. I joined one of the medical cannabis dispensaries because like a friend of mine told me it would be like a great extra protection if you ever get caught with cannabis and you have your card, you're less likely to get in trouble. So I did that. And um, I started to get to know some of the people at the dispensary. And occasionally when I was in there getting some cannabis, it was still way more expensive than any other things you could get. But again, it was convenient. (laughs) But I would start to see people that I recognized from my neighborhood. But it wasn't like the people that I knew, like my friends, it would be like the lady that lived down the block mm-hmm. who I just saw like coming and going to work every day or like <laughs> the older gentleman from two doors down who otherwise had never spoken to me before. Right. And um, we I brings up, people together. I'm sorry. Exactly. Of all of <laughs> Facts. So, um, I ended up talking, talking to the lady who was running the dispensary at the time. And I was like, you know, can we just have like a happy hour around election day? I know that we're going to be voting on this Initiative 71 thing, and we did that, and it ended up being this, by mistake, this really big event. It was also a fundraiser, but, Mm. so that was my first thinking that, like, wow, all of these people are interested in cannabis. That's really exciting. Um, Then the next thing that happened is in February of 2015, there was that big cannabis conference at the Holiday Inn. I don't know if any of you remember that. Uh, mm. I think we went to the one in 16 with, um, with East Coast to, Grow. Yeah, so this yeah. one was in 2015. It was like the Holiday Inn by the Capitol. It was these people from out of D.C. who'd come in, and they were like, we're going to come and do this whole conference. Mm-hmm. And they'd gotten in touch with me because they knew that I work on events, and I'd offered to help. And the help that I gave them was I brought in all of my friends that work for the nonprofit advocacy groups mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. in the educational portion of their event. So I showed up to the event that day, and I'm looking around, and I was like, well, this is really interesting to see all these people here, but what are all of these older white men doing at this event? Like, I didn't realize that older white people cared about cannabis. I'd Mm. never seen them at any other cannabis thing. But Mm. then the other thing was there were these um, two young black men sitting halfway back in the room on the aisle who kept raising their hands and asking questions. And it became really, really apparent to everybody in the room that they were the only two young men of color in the room that day as Mm. well. Mm. So the event ends, and the people who put on this event roll out of town with so much money. And I think part of me expected them to donate some of the money to some of the nonprofit groups for the speakers that I'd brought, because it was like they came to speak for free, and you guys were charging Mm. a ton of money for these tickets. So then that didn't happen. And then Mm. it was like, okay, so are you going to come back and, like, do something in our city? You made a bunch of money. And instead they went on vacation. Mm. So that rubbed Mm. me a lot of directions in the wrong way. 
and I was fortunate to know a lot of the people working in drug policy at the time, and that's where the seed formed. I probably called mm -hmm. you not long after that. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that DC, we have a special city where even if you don't work in politics, I think that the people who live in our city are more aware of the laws and mm -hmm. more aware of yeah. stuff happening around us because mm -hmm. we live in this interesting city with an interesting relationship to Congress. Mm -hmm. um, so then mm -hmm. when Initiative 71 became law, I knew that in DC, the conversation couldn't just be about making millions of dollars. Because as we all know, there are very few people in our city licensed to make those dollars. Mm -hmm. right. More right. of us don't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I knew that part of this event would need to be an opportunity to talk about what's the work that we still have to do. Mm -hmm. It's great that we have you know, decriminalize cannabis, but how can we get people jobs beyond jobs? How can we make people owners? Because mm -hmm. that's what we really want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to think that, and I think we're all old enough at this table that when I say this, it makes sense. But I think that like for me, National Cannabis Festival is like a rock the vote event. Mm -hmm. right. Back in the day on MTV, <laughs> right. They used to have the concerts and then between the acts, they would have like politicians or activists come out and speak. And the idea was that even if you didn't care about the particular issue they were talking about, like you ended up learning something because you heard it that day. Right. So with National Cannabis Festival, I hope that we are making a platform for our whole community in DC to talk about our businesses and the businesses we wanna have. And then I hope that people are leaving having learned a bit more, having either interacted with one of the 32 nonprofit groups on site or heard a council member or member of Congress talk between the bands on the main stage. So that's mm -hmm. how it started. Mm. Great, great. Like, that was good. Yeah, yeah. That was a full synopsis and a very in-depth answer. I'm sure you've had to answer yes. that a bunch of times. A lot of people probably asked you, like, how did you get, how did you start the uh, the festival? Is so Backyard Day again this year? Every year. Oh, yeah. yeah. They won't say hey. this, I'm sure, but I like to pretend in my head and like, my fantasy world that they're, like, <laughs> our house go-go band. Because they've been <laughs> every year, right? They, right, yeah, yeah. I like to also think that, you know, they just, like, circle the weekend around 420 and be like, we're sure that, you know, Caroline will be in touch. But, yeah, they're there every year. I've cool. been awesome. a Backyard fan since, you know, I was, like, too young to go and hear <laughs> them perform, but... When they started playing the high schools around D.C., that's when I was allowed to like go to those shows. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, that was my first uh, Eastern when they came. And I was like, oh, this is the backyard you people are talking about. <laughs> so this is the backyard. But right. you remember how they also used to be? They were at Bullis and Sidwell Friends. Oh, yeah. That was wild. Yeah, they would be like all <laughs> over the city at the high there. schools. But <laughs> 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 well, yeah, so I want to ask you, from, the, uh, from when you decided that it was going to be a festival, and, and you know, you had your plan set up from, you know, maybe that moment until it actually came to be that first year in, what, 2016? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that process, about how long did that process take to, to get everything to come together, you know, uh, before the day? Um, one year and two months, um, mm -hmm. and I had to fail a handful of times, one of them publicly before the first one happened. Mm. Um, the festival was originally scheduled for October of 2015, mm -hmm. but no one would talk to me about venues. Um, I didn't have any money any profile in the cannabis industry. Mm. I'm not like one of the big DC like festival mm. event producer dudes. Right. Um, so it took a really long time to get anybody's attention. They were looking for that green color. Yeah. They were looking for yeah. that green color for <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 And, and were they also, because I noticed you said uh, festival uh, creator dudes, were they, was it, uh, was being <laughs> a woman, did that affect you, mm. your um, ability to, to, to maneuver in that world at all? I think that perhaps, um, you know, still, 
pretty regularly I get asked by people, can I talk to the person that's in charge, even <laughs> though it's not <laughs> signing checks? Right. Right. Exactly. I, think, I don't even think for a lot of the time it's like a purposeful um, kind of slighting that I get. I think just men in the music and festival industry and in production, mm -hmm. they are used to seeing other men. Mm -hmm. right, My team right. happens to be made up of a majority women, mm -hmm. so we are like a unicorn in this mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we will be working on other festivals, like we were doing one in California a couple of months ago. I swear, I had to like wave my arms and jump up and down. I'm in this circle of men talking, and they're all looking at each other while they're talking. And I'm like, "Wow, I have something wow. to say too." Yeah. I don't, you know, I think yeah. it's like a habit. Yeah. So we need to get men yeah. more in the habit of seeing Learn women behavior. in production. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And seeing women working on major music events. Yeah, that's uh, well, I'm wow. in fitness, so I definitely feel you on that. Yeah. yeah. Fitness yeah, is, me is, you know, mostly males, so. Do they assume you're a client all the time? Like, um, oh. No, they assume that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Oh, that, yeah. let me help they you think with that. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then I ask them to come on, you know, come in, come let me in pick for you a workout. Up out of my way, real yeah. quick. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, just some of the struggles that women have to go through. It's so, uh, and it's, it's interesting because as a man, I kind of, it's, some of it is kind of like, um, like some of it is obvious, of course, and you see it. But then a lot of the in intricacies of it is it's hard to know unless you're a woman and you go through it. So when I hear women talk about it, it's like, really? Like, y'all don't get paid as much as us? Really? All the work y'all do? That's terrible. <laughs> but um, so you talked about uh, living in D.C. Yeah. and um, and having the festival here. And then you talked about the cross-section of people and how it's, you know, um, a very politically driven town. But why D.C. for the festival? So, you know, I when I was growing up in D.C., I don't remember how old I was when I went to my first smoke-in um, on the National Mall for Fourth of July, but I remember okay. it was the first time that I really got high. Um, okay. <laughs> how high were you? <laughs> it was an experience. It was a big crowd. I was like, yeah. where are the porta-potties? Like, what's going on? Um, you know, there was that experience, and I remember that being really special and people explaining to me why it was special that we were allowed mm -hmm. to be sitting there peacefully and the police not bothering us. And then, um, you know, I know that for I'm assuming it was a lot of white people. Oh, it was like a hippie, like... Okay, it yeah, was I about to say. Like <laughs> nothing you have ever seen again in D.C. as far as concentration <laughs> of people enjoying mm -hmm. cannabis. Yeah. Yeah, it was a whole different thing. Um, and then... I remember going to things like the National Book Fair with my school, and I've been to the Folklife Festival like with my mm. dad, um, and mm. I've been to other things. And it was just this feeling that, like, you know, D.C. is a place where we have a national conversation. Right. This mm. is a topic that still deserves a national conversation, and mm. it's a topic that still deserves to be treated with a certain level of care because we cannot have this conversation about cannabis in the green while we still have people behind bars. And NCF takes place less than a mile from the DC jail. Right. Mm -hmm. They right. might even be able to mm -hmm. hear our music. Mm -hmm. Right. So it would be doing a dishonor to all of the people in our city that have suffered in the past and the people that still are suffering now to let anybody walk into our town and put on some kind of consumption event without right. talking about these issues. So I like to think that National Cannabis Festival has at the very least helped set a bar for other producers of cannabis events that are festivals that come to DC to know, you can come here. There's plenty of space and opportunity for entertainment events in our city. But if you want to talk about cannabis in DC, please bring the education with you. Right. Please invite our nonprofit partners to take part and please involve our local community. Mm. 
Okay. I feel Can inspired, I? Caroline. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm talking about. I, I told y'all she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the voice. Yeah, it's very awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you came through. So, um, <laughs> you you talked about some of the the difficulties, you know, being you know a female and 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 not being a major player, but you've built yourself to be this person who people now look to. Like, um, you know, you're one of um, the the dominant voices in in cannabis. Um, you know, the cannabis movement in, in D.C. And so this whole process from going from, like you said, starting your work at your, um, uh, starting wh where you were working and then uh, coming to the point where you're doing all this, that whole process, like what has that taught you? Or are there, are there any lessons that stand out to you? Um, I mean, so many lessons. I don't even really know exactly where to begin. I think that the... I don't think I, I mean, there's so much responsibility in working on an event mm -hmm. like this um, and creating a space for our community like this. Okay. And I think that every day, like my whole team, we remain like humbled and I think scared in a healthy way mm -hmm. about the work that we're doing um, because we know that we put up the fence and we put up the stage, but it is our community members that actually bring the education and the content and the vibe to the show. Right, so this right. really is like DC's cannabis event. Um, for us, it's the responsibility of ensuring that we create a space that's safe for everybody, that's inclusive, and one that also helps balance some of the difficult political issues around this topic. Um, mm. I am transparent and open to talking about this at all times. But National Cannabis Festival, whether we like it or not, um, has ended up at the intersection of a tough conversation in our city about licensing, avenues to licensing, mm -hmm. and what we need to do about aspiring entrepreneurs who have maybe gotten a little bit ahead of the laws in trying to develop their business models. Right, right. Um, it is something difficult that we work with at NCF every day, and I like to think that at the very least, by existing National Cannabis Festival has encouraged business owners in the city to get business licenses, to mm -hmm. get tax ID numbers, so that when we are in a position that there are more cannabis licenses available, we can make a case and say, we have business owners here, they have licenses, they're paying taxes, why can't they get a micro license? Why can't they get a piece of this pie? Exactly, yeah. Hold on, Dave. Okay. Subjectively, why do you think those uh, businesses can't get the micro licenses and the, the things you speak of? Not politically, subjectively, your thoughts, personally. So I think that in the world that we're living in now, we tend to start things from the top down. Mm -hmm. um, and people, the first thing people ask for is the green. Like, okay, so you have this idea, where's the money? Right, right. right. Um, Remind me that I want to talk about investors after this on this topic. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when people are talking about the cannabis industry, you know, they're not thinking about craft go growing or um, regenerative farming or creating true social equity, which is home growing. They're mm -hmm. thinking about mass distribution first. Right, right. So this links back to gentrification and the money, too. A lot of the gentrification in our city is driven by large corporations and businesses that want to set up shop here, but have certain terms and conditions around setting up shop. Let's mm -hmm. th talk about Walmart. Mm -hmm. When they right. agreed to come right. to DC, there was probably a whole set of provisions. Well, we need this many units living around us, and there needs to be this much parking, and mm -hmm. blah, 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 and we don't want like a shelter this, you know. 
There are probably all kinds of provisions. I do not know anything about the provisions. I'm just guessing. Right. right. I I think you're pretty close, though. Yeah, that sounds pretty (laughs) accurate. Right. I am taking a wild guess, but I'm imagining that for larger-scale cannabis production in our city, there are similar conversations. Um, There are probably benefits to bringing in some larger-scale producers, and there are drawbacks. Benefit being we need more medicine for our community in general. Drawback being... You imagine that some of those bigger companies take up a lot of the space for our smaller companies. So I think that a lot of the conversation around the future of DC cannabis is going to have to focus on a balance of, we recognize that money is a conversation in our city, Mm -hmm. but also really creating a vibrant local economy as well. And I think that's where the things like micro licenses can come in. We have a bunch of folks in DC that are holding licenses for cannabis dispensaries and cultivation centers. But because of things like plant count, congressional rule preventing us from having like a full adult use system in our city, Mm -hmm. they're not even making the money that they would like to make. If we could create a system where we had every corner store owner could sell packs of four pre rolls, mm. but he had to buy them from somebody in the city. I just got a little tingle city. when you said that. <laughs> but that really? person has to buy them from somebody in the city. <laughs> right, so now right. we're helping the cultivation centers. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're creating a need for more cultivation. Right, right. So now we have cultivation yeah. micro licenses too. Right. I don't know, but I know that our city can help ourselves from within before we have to reach out for help. And I I'm really ready to kick some ass. Thank yeah. you, Caroline. <laughs> well, I, I I'm ready. Know that, I know that these conversations are really hard. They are yeah, hard. They yeah. are emotional. They connect to people being robbed of money, being robbed of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that if we can all work together, that we can get there. And if we can create a united voice and really talk to our D.C. council and help them see the opportunities, give them st- case studies from other cities of things that have gone well, and say, you know, but this over here went badly, too, Right. that we have a shot. Um, Definitely. So I, I don't even know where your question started. It's okay. No, that it's was I think amazing. you covered everything, cause though. Because his went in, in, in that direction, too, so you answered it. Um, I, I wanted to ask, like, so in your estimation, do you see um, uh, that, uh, that kind of changing of the tide? First of all, your uh, event is a huge, like, um, step in the right direction because it's all based on... It all starts with that um, the the green, like we said, and and showing the potential through something like your festival, which I'm sure was a lot of the idea behind it, or at least some of it, um, is a huge way to get people who aren't necessarily on board to kind of take notice and realize that this is something that's happening and is going to happen regardless. And so um, it's better to be on the right side of it. So um, the things with the micro licenses and things of that nature that are more beneficial on the smaller side, do you see that stuff realistically happening in the future? I optimistically do. Um, I think it is a way out though. I think that we're gonna have to really fight for this. I think it might even include, like if you look at the beer industry, I don't want to see us have to wait this long, but for like, you know, as long as you can remember, there were kind of like the main beer companies that advertised on TV and like that was kind of it at the grocery store. Now we have this environment of all of these craft brews. Mm I don't want us to have to wait. Like, I don't even know. I know nothing about beer, but what was it? Right. Like 80, 100 years? It was a long time. Budweiser was it. You know? <laughs> yeah, so we need to use our voices, our social media, our votes to 
push back against the inevitable, which is large companies coming in and becoming like the big players, mm -hmm. but push back and say there is space in this market for everyone because right. I don't know anybody that does all of their grocery shopping at Whole Foods. I don't know anybody that does all of their grocery shopping at 7-Eleven. Right, right. You know, in there's between there, there's Aldi, yeah. there's Safeway, there is the farmer's market, there is your backyard. Right. Um, yeah. I can yeah. grow a tomato. Well, I can't grow anything. But in theory, <laughs> I can grow a tomato. That does not mean I'm still not going to go and hit Safeway to buy my tomatoes. Yeah, it's more about the convenience. Yeah. And what I mean about that is, like, in this, what I imagine to be huge cannabis industry and market, there is a place for everybody. The home grower the corner store owner, the boutique store owner, the person who owns the home online business, mm -hmm. and the bigger companies. Okay, yeah, definitely, definitely. And so that's why I wanted to know if you kind of saw that, because it's, it's a, at this point, and, and for a long time, it's been somewhat of a bleak outlook, but uh, but it's it's getting better. And like I said, I think your event is, uh, um, plays a huge role in that and all the things that are, are moving toward uh you know a more open uh market for cannabis in dc and uh, and nationwide which because it's definitely showing a lot because people come from all over the country right to, right to 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 hang out with the people that you bring to town every year <laughs> you know it is it's pretty wild no we're excited i'm it's a great way to put our like local businesses on display inviting mm -hmm. other people to come in and see what we have going on exactly but yeah. yeah, I have a um, I have a question and you guys might have touched on it. So if you did, um, pardon me because I had to step out. Um, but just listening to your background and human rights and nonprofits and, you know, um, your connections. Um, are you guys as an as a I guess as an industry, but as an entity um, of the industry, are you attacking um, the mass incarceration of so many people in D.C. as it relates to marijuana? Um, and if so, are you connected to any um, local nonprofits that are um, kind of uh, at the helm of the fight for those that have, you know, minimal or, or, or crazy sentences um, or injustices in, in our local jail system? Absolutely. Um, so I would encourage everybody go and check out the advocacy page on the National Cannabis Festival mm -hmm. website. Yeah. Yeah. We work with about 32 groups, including the ACLU awesome. of D.C. Um, one that is actually recently started. It was started by a man named Scott Cecil, who is local mm -hmm. and who I met through one of our drug policy groups. He just started a program called the Rights Restoration Project that's mm -hmm. also local, mm -hmm. and that is specifically looking at restorative justice and expungement and things around those issues and how we can actually help returning citizens ease back into society. Mm -hmm. um, but we work with amazing groups like the Drug Policy Alliance, um, the Last Prisoner Project recently joined our advocacy committee. Mm -hmm. nice. So really looking at the criminal justice system and figuring out how we can kind of dismantle a lot of the norms that mm -hmm. were put in place that people who aren't necessarily living in urban centers that are having these conversations mm -hmm. are still suffering from. Because like exactly. I, I worry about the people in our city. Mm -hmm. I worry about them a little less because there are people like us having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And right. I know that if we hear something or hear that someone has been really done wrong, mm -hmm. that we're gonna say something mm -hmm. and we're gonna yeah. activate our community. Mm -hmm. I worry a lot more about the people living in rural communities who might feel a bit less isolated 
who might not have local people having mm -hmm. these conversations. So. Yeah, and so the reason I ask that is because you you know you made reference to the fact that we are in D.C. and we are you know the lawmakers are here uh -huh. right and yeah. so i know and i can tell from you know the things that you've talked about in your connections that your voice is huge it might not be huge in a you know in a room full of men that don't really but it is now i think it is it's to a point now where it's, yeah. I, those men I, I like to call people non-factors because at the end of the day when you know your power and what you do those people are non-factors and your voice is huge and i just want to say i'm so i do fitness um, but a lot of what I do and how I started out um, was in the trenches and, you know, in the community. Yeah. And it was community-based, and I'd like to connect with you and, and try to figure out oh, how absolutely. I can collaborate. Patrice, you're yes, going to have time after the show. Stop trying to get yo, a job. I got, like, you. five no, people no. be like, yo, get her info. Like, I, get yeah, her. Yeah, no, we're going <laughs> to yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're powerful, <laughs> sister. Yeah, she, no, she's I doing love her a thing. good deadlift. I'm also oh, a fitness I'm a person. Oh, are you really? Yeah, we have a team. Shut up. I love connecting people like this, though, for real. Hold on, guys. I just hit. This is a proud moment. Because I broke my ankle in September and okay. I just hit 215 on a deadlift awesome. the other day. Okay. And it's, I know that's like not that that's much okay. for someone who does, but my goal is 300. Oh, I can get you. Where you at, Fruitfit? Where you where you at on the oh, deadlift? So I'm in I'm in oh I'm my heaviest deadlift was 425. See, that's where I'm trying right now. Yeah. Right wow. now, I, I I lowered my weight, so I like to do more reps because I'm trying to cut. Um, but my I goal love is 300 because I want to. I should be able to like lift yeah. one of me up and throw it over a wall yeah, if I need I can to. Get you <laughs> yeah, and, and I like her. That's that. so gangster. That's right. A, I can put something on oh, your ankle so and we can exciting. strengthen your calf muscles. Yeah, I've been yeah. standing on one foot a lot to strengthen yeah. the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is. We'll talk yeah. Later. Oh my okay. God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I didn't even say anything. So I'm so funny. I didn't say shit. The festival this year is. Uh, what, what's the date of the... Oh, uh, it's April the 18th, and April the policy the summit is the day before on the 17th at okay. the Ronald Reagan building. Um, I'm bringing that up because the policy summit is a full-day conference that is free and open to the public. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a full day of lawmakers and activists talking about cannabis policy issues. Um, I encourage you to come out to that. All right. So, Caroline... Yeah, so you guys would, oh, Sorry, since, since we hit it off so well... Uh, what's up with a ticket to the uh, concert? <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy some tickets. No, I have you guys covered, of course. Oh! I'm still support. I'll support. Wait, will you come out to one of the Cypher sessions then? I'll come out to whatever the, and, uh, you uh, Jay's, And Jay's I have an a event. Rapper. He has a, he's uh, an the artist. Black Love Experience. I've heard about that. I will I will invite you. I will okay, give you a ticket. Right, yeah. So it's okay. it's a it's, it's a, a give and take. Yeah, it's a okay. You want to feel you, better you let about Let me get to my And wait, are any of you storytellers? Yeah. Well, I mean, we are kind of course you're a storytelling. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I Well, one of you should come out to the Story Slam on April 1st. April 1st. Um, April 1st. Lots of great community members including for Jay Mills fans. She is one of our featured storytellers. Oh, she can oh, yeah. tell Mills a story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has to be about weed. I have several of it, those. It can be about anything that you feel excited about. They say about. cannabis now, Jay. They oh, uh, yes, cannabis too, but cannabis. it will also be on April Fool's Day, so it can be a foolish story about anything you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's going to be at a big stories. joint. I'll it's work for my ticket to, attend, to come see so Young and May. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. we're, uh, all right, so yeah, that's, that's. that's Thanks, Dave. Great. Thanks for bringing her on today. You, you this the was show. great. We I'm, still have I'm, some more to talk about, Jay. Really, Hold we on. need to wrap it up. Soon. I know, almost, but good, dude, let me get my. It's, my I'm, she's in, it's her fault. She's it's inspirational and strong. And, and 15 minutes late. 
Oh, yep. You did not clown me, though. It's okay, because I don't want to fuck up my ticket. So okay. it's so quite all right. right. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite all right. right. You can be late. So uh, a little more about the festival. Uh, who, he mentioned Young and May. Who else is uh, headlining? Who's going to be there? We have Method Man and Red Man headlining yeah. Young and May. Backyard Band. Hey. Um, Anti-Ballas for the folks that are into the more kind of like psychedelic rock music. Okay. We also have a great local band called Lee Blackwood and Graham. Okay. Um, DJ Farrah Flossett will be on stage Farrah again. Farrah Flossett, I like that. Uh-huh. And then we also have a um, reggae band that's local, recently formed, called The Archives. They're a spinoff <laughs> from um, Thievery Corporation. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah so Thievery Corporation. Yeah, it should be a really fun show. Lots of great nice. DCs. And they're smoking allowed, right? I'm assuming. So, in Washington, D.C., cannabis consumption is not encouraged outside of the home. With that said, we've never had an arrest at the National Cannabis Festival. I, I, I see they, the I, political I statement, like and it is taken. No taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, I know it's not just performances. What else can people expect uh, there? We like, have four education pavilions at the festival this year. A wellness pavilion where we'll be covering everything from yoga, parenting and cannabis, um, Older folks in cannabis, there's a whole can of boomers panel. That should be fun. Can of boomers. Um, we have can a policy pavilion where we'll be talking specifically about the future of D.C. cannabis. We'll be talking about federal policy. Um, also, getting into things like veterans policy in cannabis. We have a culture pavilion where we'll be talking about music and the war on drugs. We have our entrepreneur competition in that space as well. Oh, awesome. It's, we have a lot going on this year. And then our That's Grow amazing. School, where we will be having courses on growing at home, commercial cannabis cultivation, industrial hemp, so everything to do with the plant. Cool. Um, we nice. have an exhibitor fair that has about a little over 100 different companies, wow. mostly from local, um, a couple from up and down the East Coast, one or two national. This year we have our Senior Citizens Lounge for our 65 and older crowd. Hey, they be getting fried, don't they? Don't they have a good time yeah, at National I, Cannabis Yeah, they be getting <laughs> fried. So it has a place for them to sit down, free food and snacks and drinks and things like that. Then we also have our Veterans Lounge. We recently gave away 200 free tickets. There is a discount code available for veterans if you go to that page on the website. And the veterans will also have a private a place to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then the other thing. This is the most important thing. Yes. I've been trying to figure out and verify if this is true, but I think National Cannabis Festival might have more food vendors in our food court than any other festival mm. in D.C., including all food truck festivals. That makes sense wow. because oh, the munchies. Oh, you are brilliant. Our you food court slaps. It's amazing. Like yeah. All day, all night. When the concert ends, at most concerts, people run back to the car. Is there a lot of people like sleep the on the lawn? Like At the end of the night, yeah. we normally have yeah, three or four people we have to shake away. Yeah, from okay. go makes sense. You got to go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go home. But uh, So the last question, the question I always ask all of my guests, and I always enjoy the answer that I get because it's an introspective question. And so I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Uh, if you had the opportunity to uh, travel back in time, found a time machine, you had the opportunity to travel back and, and talk to, uh, let's say, a 13-year-old, Caroline Phillips, uh, knowing everything, being through everything you've been through, all the wisdom that you've gained through your life, and you had a chance to go back and talk to that young lady, what would that conversation be like? What would you say to her? Um, I would tell her something that I probably didn't figure out until 2012. Mm. Mm. I would tell her that she is brave and to be brave. Mm-hmm. And that when she gets scared, just put your head down and push forward. Because mm-hmm. a lot of what we've done in the past five years has to do with squeezing our eyes shut, 
putting down my head and just pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's mm-hmm. like life. That's yeah, powerful. just do it, do it. Uh, you know, no work through the fear. You mm-hmm. know, because I mean, once you get to the other side of it, ninety percent of the time you find out there was nothing to be afraid of, and then that last ten percent. You kicked its ass anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, you know, that's awesome. That's a, a, a great sentiment and a great way to uh, to wrap up the interview. I want to I wanna get you to, um, uh, to give your information where people can get tickets and um, uh, where people can find you on social media and stuff like that. If that's, yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. So, um, so tickets are available at nationalcannabisfestival.com. Uh, that is our website. And right now they are $55. I would grab them now before they go up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They started in December at 35, so next oh. year, get your tickets in December or January, so there'll be less. Um, then to find the festival, we are at NATL Cannabis Fest on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I am at Caroline, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, N-D-A City on Instagram. Caroline in the city. It's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm glad you said yeah, it, because trying to spell that out down. was... He's a little Curtain. high, so he was trying yeah. to spell it. You forgot to spell yep. it. Ahead, so April 17th is a summit that is free to attend. Go on the website and register. April 18th is a festival that tickets are required for that, and you must be over 21. So we hope to see you on the 18th, nationalcannabisfestival.com. The cypher is during the festival, or when is the cypher? So the cypher is going to be every Wednesday this month. We're selecting ah. 12 finalists. There is going nice. to be a finals at the festival, but the cypher stage will be open all day for community participation. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's being nice. hosted by a bunch of great local artists like Pinky Killicorn. Hey, Pinky. Uh, Jay Mills. <laughs> hey, Mills. Risa Renee. Hey, Reese. Bo Young Prince. <laughs> okay. Authentic. Um, Jason from Lab Ciphers. Um, so many great people. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah, sounds fun. Thank you so much for, for coming through, for, uh, you know, sharing your story with us. It's like they said, it's so inspirational. And just the idea that, because uh, like I said, I remember when you started this vision and it came together so amazingly. And it's this is the fifth year, right? This, this is the five, fifth You year. made it to five That's years. Awesome. That's wild. Like, it's, That's it's awesome. amazing. And just from like, like you said, like, you know, closing your eyes, putting your head down and powering mm-hmm. through and. And I'm sure it's a lot easier now because it's it's kind of you know, but but I mean I'm sure there's still struggles and things, but I'm just so happy and proud that you oh, thank you, you know were able to do this and make it such a huge. Um, it's like a staple. It's like the big, isn't it? Like the the biggest cannabis related festival. I don't want to give it too much. We but are is the it? biggest single day cannabis festival um, right now. Period. Yeah. Like boop, out boop. there, that's amazing <laughs> and beautiful and uh, yeah. That, uh, thank you so much for like just hanging out with us today. Um, it's guys. been wonderful. And uh, you guys have any uh, anything to promote? Any closing remarks? Any? Hell yeah. Okay. So we got the Black Love Experience, uh, March twenty first. You know, uh, it's uh, we just got uh, David Banners on board doing this podcast. No, oh, awesome. We got I forgot the sister's name who does the podcast with Torrey. They coming through. The headline is Belladonna. You got me rocking out with Black Alley. Um, we have a, a, a Washington Performing Arts. We're doing a collaboration with them this year, so that to select the opening act, and I think the four finalists are Tamika Love Jones, a sister named Rue Brown, a sister named Kramer, who's a beast, and uh, it's a it's a MC. I forgot his name though, but he's 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 awesome. Uh, he has a, a Muslim name, so it's, I forgot. It's my 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 apologies, brother. But yeah, so uh, it's just a, a good evening of black love, and it's over seventy uh, independent uh, 
vendors and workshops and panel discussions and healing and love and uh, you know, so I'm just looking forward to that. And so tickets for that at uh, blackloveexperience.com. And uh, I think that's all I got. Oh, uh, my single is officially coming out this Thursday on all um, music platforms. It's called Don't Die, featuring awesome. myself with Uptown XO and ML, who's incarcerated. But we got him on the track because, you know, <laughs> the technology's a beast. <laughs> and um, so looking forward to that release this Thursday, then Black Love Experience on March 21st. And I think that's all I got for right now, Dave. Okay. Proof it. Proof it. Um, so just to start, I want I feel it in my spirit. I just want to say thank you yeah, for absolutely. what you're doing. Um, you, I was hearing the cannabis part, and you know, but when you started talking about kind of your activism, like I love that, so I definitely look forward to, no, like to connecting. No, 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 I, I, no. That's you know, that's you know. No, no, taste. that's not. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying what spoke to my spirit. You gotta get her right. We gotta get her right, Caroline. She don't know what she missed. No, I. Man, Caroline, about to jump you. Deadlifting. Yeah. We're gonna eat brownies and then deadlift. Okay, that's You gonna be, you gonna be on the floor. Right. Dink deadlift. Right. No, actually, deadlift. Got a whole new workshop coming. I, the, I, I was there 20 minutes ago. That's what I want to talk to you about. Okay. So the other, so that, because I'm an entrepreneur, I've been doing this, uh, this July makes 11 years full time. I quit my job in 09 and I just love Yay. to see that are people that are passionate, number one, about making a difference in the community because I see that first before you, you know, when you got into what you were talking about um, and then the other part. So I'm just inspired. And the second part is... Um, Spring is here. Spring is upon us. It's going to be 70 some degrees today. Um, everyone yeah. at the beginning of the year said 2020 is going to be my year and I'm going to mm -hmm. do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to do this, that, and a third. Well, now's the time. So I'm a trainer. I'm waiting for you. Fruit Find me on Instagram. F-R-U-F-I-T. Um, I'm Patrice Fruit Jones on Facebook. Um, my page is public. Unfortunately, I'm in a friend mask. Max, I need to delete. Something or do something, but um, and I also have a business page on Facebook. It's Fruit Fit Affordable Fitness. Um, I look forward to seeing you. We'll be springing into summer. Um, I'll be dropping a special soon um, uh, uh, in reference to bringing a buddy to your training session. I start at 5 a.m. I'm done at 7:30 p.m. I train six days a week, every day except Sunday. Thank you. Yeah, Fruit Fit. Yeah, and I don't uh, have anything uh, in my life except for this show. <laughs> I'm a, Neighborish uh, live cast. The Neighborish <laughs> live cast each and every Monday, <laughs> 11 to uh, whenever we finish discussing things. And I'm going to go home and cry into my pillow. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we can get you right, too. Come on, Caroline. We got to recruit. I get, know. Get these no, people together. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk. But, um, Isn't okay. that what happens when we go off air? I figured that's what would happen. No? You know, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with. I got a good government job, and I can't. But anyway, we'll talk after that. But um, I want to thank you guys so much for being with us again. Uh, this has been another episode of the Neighborish Livecast. On yeah. behalf of myself, uh, Fruitfit and Jason, hey. and our guest today, Caroline. Thank you guys so for checking us out. And uh, we'll be back next week with. Uh, we'll probably all be high. No, no, no. But, uh, I won't be high. I won't be high. But thank you guys for checking us out, and have a great week. Peace. Peace.